Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners and is designed to get us into God's Word every day for at least about 12 or 13 minutes. And in that way, we stay in God's Word. We grow in our faith, stay strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. But it also helps us to have a better mindset. A, a, a frame of thinking and emotion even to better be able to handle whatever we have to face during the day. And boy, we have to face a lot of things during these days, don't we? Well, share these short studies with people around you. You know people in your life who need to change their thinking, their mindset. They need to start thinking about their souls, about their relationship with God share these short studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe some other technological means, but make up your mind and share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, neighbors, literally anybody and everybody. You may help somebody turn their lives around from a spiritual perspective and even get to heaven. What a great blessing that would be for them, but it would also be a great blessing for you. So make up your mind today and start sharing. We're going to continue our new line of thought and study that we introduced last time, asking the question, what should I look for in a church? We laid out a number of different reasons that people use to choose a church, a particular church. And again, people at different points in their lives many times come to the point where they realize I, you know, we need to get back to church, or we need, I need to find a church. I need to be a part of a church. Something cataclysmic may have happened in their life, health-wise, injury, lost a job, a relationship breakdown, whatever it might be. Sometimes, as I've said, it simply is motivated by young parents having their first child born to them, and they start to realize, we've got another soul to think about here. We need to find a church. Well, how do people choose a church? How, what should I look for? What should they look for? What should you look for in determining what church you should belong to? Well, the whole list of reasons are given by different people. Some say, well, that's where I grew up. That's where my mom and dad are members. Others might say, I have friends or business associates in that church. Some would say, it's close to home easy to get to, within easy driving distance. Others might say, you know, I like that church because there are a whole lot of people there in my general age group. Some might say, they have a pretty church building. Their facilities are attractive, up-to-date, modern. I like that. And others might say, I like the size. And that could be in reference to either a large church or a very small church. Now, we noted, though, that in and of themselves, none of these are reliable reasons for choosing a church. Now, let me say that again. In and of themselves, by all, by all on their own, none of these are reliable reasons for choosing a church. So, how do we determine what church we should belong to? What are the characteristics that each of us should look for in determining what church I should belong to. We looked at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 16. The Apostle Paul reminded Timothy that from childhood he had been taught the Holy Scriptures 
Now, if you go back to the first chapter of 2 Timothy, it was by the guidance of his mother and grandmother that he was taught the Holy Scriptures. And Paul said those scriptures were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And then Paul went on in verse 16, and he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. More literally, all scripture is God's very word. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. In other words, to teach us as to not just some truth, but God's truth. And then he says in verse 17 that the man of God, or in other words, the faithful, dedicated follower of God, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work? Well, the good works that God has designed for each one of us to be a part of, to take part in, to be active and engaged in. And that goes back to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. He has good works for us to do as his faithful followers. So the scriptures alone are the authoritative guide as to what to look for in a church. So it's not a matter of any of those particular reasons that we laid out there that a whole lot of people think of and come up with and use as determining factors as to which church they should choose. None of those in and of themselves on their own are reliable reasons for choosing a church. The scriptures alone are the authoritative guide as to what to look for in a church. The Bible is God's guidebook. The Bible is God's manual given to mankind from heaven to earth. Well, what is the first factor again? We noted that Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church, Matthew 16 and verse 18. And so what should I look for in a church? I should look for a church that was founded by none other than Jesus himself. None other than Jesus himself. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, the Apostle Paul wrote, He, that is God, put all things under his feet, that is, Jesus' feet, and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The Apostle Paul identifies Jesus as the only head of the church. There is no man or woman, there is no group or synod or council on the face of this earth that is worthy or that is authoritative to be the head of any church that claims to be the church that belongs to Christ and follows him as their Lord and Savior. Any church that would claim to be living and following, living by and following the scriptures, God's word, the Bible. Jesus is the only head of the church, and as such, he is absolutely authoritative in that identity and in that role. In Colossians chapter 1, in verse 18, the apostle Paul said, He, that is Christ, is head of the body, the church, 
Now notice that in both of these texts that we've read a moment ago, in Ephesians 1, 22, and 23, and here in Colossians 1 and verse 18, that the Apostle Paul identifies the church, the true church, as being the body of Christ. The body of Christ. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people talk about going to their church or looking at a building and saying, this is my church. I've even heard a denominational preacher talk that way at one time or another, maybe a number on a number of occasions, but one sticks out. And so you walk into a particular building and say, oh, thank you for coming into our church. Well, let me tell you, that building is not the church. That building, if it is the true church, that if it houses the true church, that building is just a structure wherein the true church meets. The church is not a building. The church is the members that make up the church, who are the body of Christ. And so Paul said again, Colossians 1 and 18, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Now, if somebody in, in human form, in other words, a human being, is making up rules and doctrine and guidelines for what the church ought to believe and teach and practice, that's taking, that is usurping or taking over the role of the only true head of the church, who is Jesus Christ. We can't make up the rules ourselves what to believe, what to teach, what to practice. That's laid out for us already in the scriptures. Remember, the scriptures are God's very word, and they've been given to us to guide us into all good works and to instruct us in all the ways of righteousness. We go back to Ephesians chapter 4 again, and we look at verse 4. And here the apostle Paul writes, he's talking about seven specific ones, basic points of Christian doctrine. And the first one that he lays out is, there is one body. Now, he's already identified what that body is in chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. It is the church, the body of Christ. A church that identifies itself as the body of Christ is what we ought to be looking for, the true body of Christ, and that also recognizes Christ as its only head, its only head. In fact, Jesus, when he was ready to ascend back to heaven after the crucifixion and the resurrection, and then appearing to hundreds and hundreds of witnesses, eyewitnesses, as to his having come forth from the grave, alive, risen, He's ready to ascend back to heaven. He's ready to tell the apostles, give them the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. And go and make, all, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all things whatsoever I've commanded you. That's Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Now, preceding verse 19, and that is Matthew 28 and verse 18, Jesus said, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. And that simply goes along with his identity 
as the only true head of the church. So, what should I be looking for in a church in trying to determine what church I should belong to? The very first point of identity is it must be the church founded by Jesus and he being its only true head. Let's stop and pray. Father, thank you for sending your son into this world to bring the church, to establish it upon this earth, through which we can be taught the gospel of salvation, his gospel, and be led to forgiveness and redemption and salvation through him, as we're baptized into him for the remission of our sins. Guide us, help us, instruct us to be that church, Father, and to teach others about the Lord's true church. Please be merciful with us, Father. And please, Father, at this time we ask you, be gracious and forgive us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.